Now, the eye is better. About to witness. The awesome. Uh, a crushing. Uh, mind. Of the. The. Of the. 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 the, the UG. Robinson Show Stop it! Dizzy, welcome, my friend, to a show that seemingly never ends. Uh, this is version a one, a two, a four. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. This show is all about the end of Fight Island temporarily. COVID, Pascal's wager, gay things, and more. Oh, that's a 1965 Chevy Chevelle, Malibu, 565 horsepower. But first, Bob Riley's going to sing us in. Uh-huh. From Sigmata. The record is Calling of the Just. The song is called Intro, All of Nothing. Still available from Revelation Records, where people will... Shoot you to death in a nightclub, hit your car with a hammer, and punch you in the face for not wearing a mask. Still available from Revelation Records. Go to Google, type in Revelation Records, type in Sigmata with a little magnifying glass, it comes up. Get you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. Obedient payback is for always nothing. All right, enough of that. Yeah, so I, I got a lot of complaints after last week and uh, the Killer Robot show specifically. And it was because uh, it was spotty. Who knows? Could it have been? I, I am literally, let's see. I am, no, nah, no, nah, it was, well, everybody was complaining. It was everybody's connection. Let's see if I laid on the floor here. So I'm 6, 12, 18, 24. 30, 36, I'm about 42 feet from, uh, uh, from my uh, uh, a Wi-Fi router. That shouldn't be, there is one not solid core wood door between me and it in an L shape from where I'm sitting. I got an archer. Oh, man. No, no, what you got to do is leave now and come back. <laughs> oh, man. You put me on the guest of Stangs, bro. When do you guys play? <laughs> uh, so I don't know what to say about this Wi-Fi. I don't, you know, in the old days, if you remember, I used to plug it in directly. Um, however, the Wi-Fi is now in what is going to be the nursery, the baby's room. So uh, no go. 
Um, can't do it. Uh, well, I, oh, I could, but you know, it's, it's kind of weird early life experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. All right, that's it. That's the next move. Okay, I'm gonna run out get some food. I'll be right back. Fucking a. So, um, so I don't know what to tell you. It, yeah, it shows me on the screen. It shows me on the screen that there's a screw up. I'll just stop talking until it comes back. Because last show, I just kept moving the Wi-Fi closer, the computer closer to the Wi-Fi, and I don't know if that helped. Anyway, look, I'm not here. We're not technicians. I'm not a technician, most certainly. If there was a way to boost the Wi-Fi Xfinity cable, yeah, somebody let me know. Otherwise, on with the show. This is show a one, a two, a four. Ooh, I can do that with one hand. A one, a two, a four of the show stomper and uh, commercials. Uh, ah, Tommy Pounds, Tommy LB. Uh, I got a box, bro. I got stuff in the box. I'm going to get to, uh, and I have uh, 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 the wife's got doctor's appointment early on Tuesday and coming back. I got to get back to work, but, you know, work, I work from home now. Um, but on my way back from her appointment before I get here, stopping at the post office, mailing your stuff. There you go. There you go. So let, let it never be said. Uh, uh, if you uh, are a Patreon fan, patreon.com slash the Stomper or Stomperville, I can never remember which, or uh, just uh, PayPal directly to pinko95014 at yahoo.com is the PayPal address. Good news is, surprise, nobody's at. You want to use ask? It is delivered. Somebody say, hey, yeah. And Mr. Robinson, how, how come you ain't on, on, on Spotify? Well, we're now on Spotify, thanks to Ju the tireless efforts of June W. So, uh, 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 so there we go. So if, you, if you're a fan of Spotify, you can tune into the show there. Uh, you can free or YouTube free, or you could go to Patreon and pay because you give a shit about what I'm talking about. Yeah, bro. I have the box here, and it's packed. I, but I, I don't want to interrupt the show to get up and get it. But I was going to bring it out and show you the ding that I got it. So I'm feeling pretty proud of myself for doing something barely competent. But, you know, things get away from you. Anyway, uh, and, 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 you know, the kids is due now, any day now. They went into the doctor, doctors on Friday, and they said, ah, you know, they measured the cervix and the, the whole thing. So, so we're days away. People say, Eugene, are you nervous? I said, no, no, I'm not. People I don't understand. I don't get that I have an emotional makeup that's a little bit different from other people. Um, and your connection is unstable. Please wait while, while we try reconnecting. God damn it. See, I don't know if it tells me that after it's already gone out or what the story is, but whatever. Um, yeah, I don't really. So she called, she, I get home or go from somewhere and she goes, oh, you know, there were phones and answering machines. She goes, oh, got it. we got a message. Oh, yeah, thank you, man. This is hell. And she said, uh, you know, your grandmother died. They got to call. Your aunt died. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I should call. And she was like looking at me, waiting for a response, and there was no real response. And I'm not like trying to be a cool guy. It's not like World War II ethic of holding it in. It's just like ah, Mr. P is here. Um, I I don't know what to tell you. And finally, I realized what it is. It's like because I'm so anxiety, paranoid, and anxiety ridden, I've rehearsed the deaths of people I care about a hundred times, a hundred times. So when they finally die. It's almost not a relief is the wrong word, but it's like, ah, okay, okay, that's okay, that's it's, I, don't, I don't have to worry about that anymore. So, you know, I tell the wife that story, and then she says, Well, do you imagine, you know, have you imagined my death? 
I said, well, no, it's, it was not age consistent. You know, she's younger than I am. It's not age consistent. However, I do have an imagination that one day I'll get a call that you've been hit by a car. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. I, okay, good. I would, I'd have no way to know. So, no, no, no. I, I rehearsed to deaths, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and, and so, um, but then I thought, you know, my kid actually went through a bunch of tests. My youngest kid went through a bunch of tests. And they said, ah, oh, you know, she's got this this thing, and they described this order, and it's like, it's the same thing I have. And of course, in my age, if you had people trying to make a nickel off of everything, it's that um, the world moves uh, in general too slow. So I had this intestinal adhesion once, and this is a big digression. And they took me to the, the emergency room, and they injected me with a bunch of painkiller, right? But before they could do the next thing, they had to have my consent. So they inject me with some powerful anesthetic, and then they start making sure they hear me. Mr. Robinson, are you willing to agree to read the, and you put, and, and she just, and finally she goes, gets louder and louder. <laughs> Mr. Robinson, you start screaming. And finally I just marshal all of my efforts and I go, talk past her. And she goes, oh, are you okay with the setting? And I go, yes, fine. And she thought, well, it's only because I've given him this narcotic anesthetic. No, I'm not we all the time. I also bring patience to bear. That's what people can tell. I'll listen, and I'm a very patient guy. But I'm already like 10 steps ahead of you. When I took the class when I was a kid to the museum, and I was like, how much longer am I going to stand in front of the sarcophagus? I've seen it. I've looked at it. I've taken it in. You know, I'm one of those like, uh, like Chevy Chase in National Lampoon's Vacation. Grand Canyon. Got it. Because the mind works like that. Or maybe I have a chemical disorder. In any case, being on the spectrum... This stuff doesn't affect me. That does, that's not the point. The point is, oh, what was I going to talk about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the gay stuff is a sideline. You know, I'm sitting around and, you know, you got shuffle on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You got shuffle on and DMX comes up. And I, apparently I bought a DMX record, right? So DMX comes up and, uh, and he's singing some song and he's rapping, you know, and he's rapping about, you know, that he's not down with men who wear lipstick. And, and he was like, he's not down. Oh, no. He's not down with homo. And, you know, I, you, know you take jujitsu. You hear a lot. I mean, it's been a long time. So, yeah, I like DMX, but it's been a long time since I've actually heard somebody use the word faggot pejoratively, right? Or, or like, like, or even as a slur. It's been a long time. I'm going back to some people on, on Twitter were asking me, well, what curses do you use? What do you sing at home? Did I, but da, 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 da. Did I, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, uh, if I'm writing an article and the guy uses the word nigger, I use the word nigger. I don't use the N word. I don't think there's no need for me to cutify it. We're all adults here. And make a believe because it's, but that's just me. Okay. So faggot same. So I'm listening to DMX. And he's going, he doesn't like men who wear lipstick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A bundle of sticks. Or from Facies, from Mussolini, the Facies, the axe in the center of the bundle of sticks. But that's another story, Mussolini. So he's no homo. And then the, the entire song turns into this anti-gay homophobic screed. And he's like, 
yeah, I don't, I'm not down with men who muscle up on other men and they get, and they get all greasy and then they, they come and they hold them from the back and they take them and they put, and I realize this is the most homoerotic, anti-homoerotic, homophobic song I've ever heard. In fact, in one song, the guy has talked about homosexuality more than I've talked about in my entire musical career, and I've been making recorded music since 1980. <laughs> in one song, he's my whole career, and he's going on and on. And it's like, I remember in the early days before Facebook, before cell phones, one of the ways to try to get laid, <laughs> one of the ways to try to get laid was to go in these chat rooms. I don't know if any of you did this, where it was like, somebody told me they were getting laid on the chat room. I was like, okay, and this must have been 90, 90, 1990. So I'm gonna try this, this chat room. I'm gonna go in, and it was, uh, it was like uh, everybody was in, like it was like Facebook. Everybody was in, but you couldn't. It wasn't real time. You would leave, you would leave a message, right? You would leave, you kind of leave a message, right? So I leave a message, and inevitably, I be guy going eleven o'clock. I'm sitting around, and I go on eleven o'clock. And somebody would say, uh, you leave a message. I'm trying to be my witty self. I'm trying to attract, you know, I want to get laid. That's why people go to chat rooms. They told me, so I want to go to chat rooms to get laid. And so, you know, I see some woman there, and I'm, like, trying to some light bondage. and like, hey, you know, I'm trying to be, you know. And inevitably, there's, like, some guy waiting in that room. And this happened to me every single time I went. You know, some guy waiting in that room. He's like, yo, bro. You're probably fucking homo, bro. Like, hey, man, <laughs> you know, there's this trolling. I was even back in the early days of that, I was trolling people. But, you know, I'm there. I'm there very specifically to get laid. And I was like, hey, why don't you go, you know, eat a dick? Leave me alone, you know. And the guy's like, yo, bro. Not a bad brain zone. They were homophobic, but they don't have any song. That that uh, Right Brigade is one song like that. You know, can't disappear anymore. I see your face looking outside my window. You say you're a trifle, my boy. You touch yourself, put your face in the pillow. Now, that is not specifically homophobic. You know, you touch yourself. He's talking about you, I guess. Touching myself right now. I guess that's not what he means. So, so inevitably, these guys would find me, and they'd be like, yo, you, 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 I bet you want to suck some dick. Say, like, hey, bro, hey, the fuck are you, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't, how the fuck did we get here? I came here. I don't know what you came from. So I, look, I uh, yeah, um, I now I don't know, I don't know. Let's see if I can tell this very delicate story. Knowing God, this is like the most uncomfortable dinner party. Like my my eighth grade teacher is probably watching the show and all these different people. But let's see. So, uh, uh, I, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I, 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 I maybe got to skip that story. But you know, it, it was just it struck me it struck me as strange. It struck me as strange that his conception of this is DMX. His conception of self um, was so aggressively was so aggressively um, upended by by the prospect of homosexuality, including his own. Right? I mean, the homosexual. I mean, you've heard people say this before. You know. The, the Jew that Hitler was hating was a Jew in Hitler, right? So 
you know, and in general, much like tragic news or things that might make other people anxious or nervous or paranoid, deaths of loved ones and so on, this has never made me, this has never made me upset, even when I was being pursued by a homosexual serial killer. That's another story for another time. <laughs> when I was 13 years old, that's an, that was uncomfortable, but maybe it was the fact that the guy was a killer that was more upsetting to me than the fact that he was homosexual, okay? So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, 19, two, <laughs> 2017. Oh, I'm in the studio. I'm singing. So that. So in other words, so it could be so greatly abridged by somebody else's just walking around being the way they are. And it, it, I don't know if you've ever been to a group sex party. Well, actually, I don't really mean a group sex party. I mean a, a party uh, where there's one woman having sex with 20 different men. I've heard tell of such things. And, and inevitably, inevitably, when, when you're in a room like that, that I've heard, you know, like the only way that you can make it through an event like this, a such like event like this, is to focus aggressively on the woman if you're there for the woman. Like, in other words, you have to develop real super, nah, you know, yeah, real super tunnel, tunnely vision. Right. Like everybody else in the room is like like if you've ever been on a porn set, what, what porn male stars have that regular guys don't have is the ability to concentrate. You know, the lighting guy is there. The sound grip is there. Everybody's, you know, the windows. There, and there's a, but they can concentrate. Right. So if you, if you know, heterosexual, you maybe you concentrate just on the woman. But inevitably, you know, you can't do that the whole time. You kind of look up something like that. And then there's always one guy catching your eyes. It's like, yo, bro, yeah, that's the thing. You got to keep the window open, man, or have incense. And this one, this guy's walking around. He's got those dimpled plastic bowls. In one bowl, he's got, like, potato chips. And in the other bowl, he's got lube. And he's like, chips, lube, fresca in the bathroom. And like, <laughs> it was like, I mean, I heard tell. I heard tell. <laughs> it was like being at the worst baseball game ever. Horrible thing. Never, ever do this. Uh, my friend told me, never do it. Ever. It's terrible. So, so you look up and there's like one guy looking at you. So when you look at you know, don't be looking at me. What are you, you even look at <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, man, not that either. <laughs> I mean, and the God forbid that the guy takes a chip and then a lube and then a chip, right? Or what goes lube and chip and then lube or chip, lube, chip. I mean, it doesn't work. It's horrible, horrible. So anyway, DMX goes on and I, I just, it's like, I can't, I can't even think of what would cause me that kind of panic. Hey, I, I can't even think, I can't even think, I can't even think of that. So then I'm starting to deal with how people, uh, you see my eye is better, but I got all these like cat hairs floating around. You see, look at the eye. I was, I was going to start wearing an eye patch like Slick Rick. So yeah, back to DMX. So um, yeah, he's looking to see how awkward everyone, nah, man, nah. Not that, well, my friend said that the look in the eye, well, that's not, that's not what was happening, you know. That was one of those things where, yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you only do that once, maybe. Anyway, look, <laughs> look, we're, we're getting off track. We're getting off track. We're going to focus. Yeah, so, so, um, so I start thinking about anxiety and I start thinking about how people are, are this COVID thing is also a, a bridging people's conception of self. Like finally, uh, Marty G, 
was on the show last week. I know he's not listening now. Finally said something pretty trenchant on his Facebook page. But before, he's been like, ah, yeah, this is all bullshit, COVID. Ah, you read this. Blah, 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 blah. But finally, in, in, on a, in a string of comments, way down to a friend, he said something, he said something really sage and, and actually kind of calming. And he said, listen, I, I actually believe that people are dying from this. And, you know, I'm not questioning. I, you know, I am just anti-panic. And we talked about that a few weeks ago. When we were talking on the riot show where I was talking about the riots. Yeah, yeah Mario's a good guy. Uh, about the riots I've been in, right? And, and scenes of great social. And it's, it, the, the key to surviving these is to be a watcher, an observer. I'm not a participant. I just step back and watch. This ties into that cat who was like, yeah, you, you're not down with the black community. I was like, motherfucker, I've been living in black neighborhoods my entire life. Where you been? Like that guy who came up to me and was upset about the Oxbow show in, in Portland, Maine. Light-skinned black guy in Portland, Maine, upset about it. Like, what are you upset about? It was like a slave auction. It's like, hey, man, your problems with race have nothing to do with me. Sorry. Sorry. I've been doing this show since 1980. Where you been? <laughs> you know, so, uh, uh, so anyway, so um, I talked about how you know, people start running like that Japanese TV show uh, 100 where 99 people are paid to do something and the 100th person is the mark and the TV show focuses on the 100th person. So uh, everybody starts running this way. It's a Japanese TV show. And so the other dude, um, uh, the other dude goes, oh, and he starts running too. And I don't uh, you know, not all, if ninety, if I'm in a group of hundred people, if I'm in a group of hundred people, and I'm the hundredth person, and ninety-nine people start running that way, that might be good. But I'm stepping back. I'm stepping back. Hide is always the best thing. Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, right? So this is essentially what I was saying. I'm, I'm, I'm anti-panic too. But Marty's been jousted with people trying to, trying to, to, uh, uh, uh. uh Polo mallet them into into you know moving away from panic it, with in regards to this COVID thing versus me who's like I'm perfectly okay having you panic about COVID. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, those people last time last time we had there were two two events that drove the alternative crowd away from Oxbow. One was the one where I I, I punched the guy up at the art gallery that I talked about. Magnets with machines, or whatever that one is in Rhode Island, where the guy was rubbing his bloody face against the glass outside. It was like, is there my favorite band? I love that guy. He had gotten out of a mental institution, he was clearly having some issues, but he had to be beaten up. And, that, and then the other time was at Gilman Street, where uh, as food struck me, I don't know what to say, but I just felt like, uh, yeah, I know, right? Right? It should not be in the newborn's room. I agree. I, I agree. We got a guy, a guy came to put in uh, an outlet in the kids' room and said, when I come back, I'll move the Wi-Fi for you. And he hasn't come back, but he also hasn't charged me. So <laughs> I keep bugging him for the money. It hasn't happened. So I'm like thinking, well, I'll just get somebody else to move it because uh, Xfinity won't come out and move this shit anymore. I got the coax cable. I just need somebody. I guess I could probably crawl into the house and do it myself. But you know what? The man who crawls into his house with does electricity is, is, is a fool. That's how the old saying goes. So something happened at Gilman. Something about the vibe that I just it started to irk me. So next thing I know, 
I'm completely nude on stage and I'm just like goading people and and they, and they turned up backs. The only community, the only community that has steadfastly embraced Oxbow without pause has been the extreme heavy metal uh, music community. And that is why starting the next issue, uh, Mr. P knows this already. I got, they given me a new column called Damage Inc. Backpage Decibel Magazine. Um, oh, the, the Ruin Show, that was a good one. That was the Gilman, but that was like when we stopped, they, they just like, well, I guess they decided whatever that is, it's not punk rock. It's not, it's not whatever. We were no longer fat records safe. We were out. So anyway, so there's COVID. So we're both anti-panic with the COVID thing. Um, but then I, I started, and he wants to kind of, kind of cudgel you out of it. And I'm just okay having everybody panic. Yeah, pop punk, Exactly. It, we, we were just no longer, and then I went to Fat uh, Fat Tony. Uh, 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 what's the guy? What is it? Fat Records, Tony. And uh, and I, I said, hey man, why don't you put out Oxbow? Oh man, Oxbow's not punk enough. I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? He's like, nah. And then I realized like punk was something that, that you could buy at Hot Topic now. So it was a very Fat Mike. Thank you. That it was is a very different thing. So hey, whatever. I, uh, that's a major digression. So the COVID thing. The COVID thing, I said, yeah, I'm okay with having everybody panic because ultimately underlying it is Pascal's wager, which is perfectly adaptable to the COVID thing. You know, and, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not down in the weeds. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to argue about like Marty is doing. He's, 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 oh, I got the math and the numbers. And it's not any worse than the flu, even though people are also dying, blah, 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 also dying from the flu, ah, pneumonia. You know how many people I know who've died from the flu? Zero. You know, I, you know how many people who died uh, from, uh, I know one guy in my entire life who's died from pneumonia, rabies from that band Warzone. Only guy I know who died from, I know nobody who's died from the flu. No, one person who's died from pneumonia. Now I know six people who have died from what they're calling COVID. Now I know lots of people go, well, if you get to a motorcycle accident, eh, you know, they're calling that COVID out, whatever, bro. I'm just telling you, I know more people have died. But anyway, Pascal's wager. If you remember, it, 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 you got that kind of rectangular uh, 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 fact file is what we call it when we lay it out this like this. OK, and in it you have. This is the COVID COVID Pascal's wager. And yeah, pneumonia is a real thing. No, 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 no. I saw I got to address this. I remember when Steve Albini was produced in Oxbow, he was listening and he said, you know, he said, what you guys do. It's like what Greg Ginn is trying to do, but never gets to. And he wasn't talking about the music in total. He was talking about um, he was talking about Greg Ginn's guitar playing versus Nico Winter's guitar playing. Nico Winter being the guitar player for Oxbow. He goes, Greg is trying something, and he's like trying for a ten, and he gets to like six and seven. And he goes, Nico is not trying. He's actually doing it and he's pulling it at 9 and 10. Which accounts for why Greg Ginn hates Steve Albino. If you listen to some of his shows, he, he thinks he's being funny. He calls him Steve Albino, which I'm sure he's been hearing that since he was a kid. Um, anyway, okay, yeah, right, 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 okay. So let's get back. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> so we have the rectangle. I'm just reading your comments. As a rectangle. So, like Pascal's wager, we had. Let's have on this side. COVID doesn't exist. 
and we have it. Yo, don't even start Shortsville. T- talk I'm about what about tweaker bees? Yeah, I didn't know it either until until I heard Greg separately. Greg go off at Albini, and then separately Albini making fun of Greg again. Hilarious. So we have here we go. COVID doesn't exist. COVID does exist, and this is Pascal's wager. So we're going to go through the different boxes. I'm not going to keep my fingers up here because you can imagine that there are four boxes. So COVID doesn't exist. Let's go through it, of the four boxes. COVID doesn't exist, and you don't believe a COVID's a real thing. No harm, no foul. You go about your day normally, right? That's, no, that's one. Okay, so COVID doesn't exist, but you believe it does exist which is where Marty G would say most of us sheep are. Uh, well, I am. So um, say it doesn't exist, but I believe it does. So few things. That's if COVID doesn't exist, but I believe it does. Now let's go. Ah, your connection is unstable. I guess I'm bad. So uh, COVID existing, and I believe it exists. Um, I take precautions. And I, uh, no harm, no foul. I survived. I miss a few things. I miss jujitsu. I miss seeing my kids much more. Rare. I miss hugging my kids. No. Okay. And then we have, that's two and three. Now we, sorry, sorry. I, I have nothing to do about the lag. And uh, Arch is going to help me figure this thing out. I've been trying to figure this thing out for years. Don't start. We're going to move the Wi-Fi. I need somebody. Hey, Ryan, if you know how to move the Wi-Fi, let me know. You can crawl under the house. We get social distance through the floor. But you're, they're kind of too big to be crawling under the house here. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. the fourth category is COVID exists, but you do not believe it exists. Okay. So we have four of those things. What is likely to sanction you the worst? What's likely to sanction you the worst? We don't know. We don't know. We don't really know what's going to sanction us the worst. But I tell you, there's a missing jujitsu is one thing. Dying is something else. So much, much like Pascal with the existence of God, it seems like it's much easier for me just to believe that COVID exists, even if it doesn't exist, because at least I don't die from something stupid like uh, going to a, a gangbang. I did watch all 15 fights, and I'm about – this was a segue. There was a gangbang to the fights. I was going to do it. Well, I still am. So, uh, so you know, I, uh, I, uh, I think it makes sense to, to pay attention to it. And, and I say – I say the ah, – I got to straighten the leg. I say this, and it does tie into the fights, because during the headlining fight last night, and I don't feel bad about it. I agree with the, what the post-fight uh, press conference with Darren Till. It was like, this is, I'm not trying to cover for myself. I lost this fight. That I know. That I know. But I think if it was a great fight. You guys might agree. I think it's a great fight. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, lo- uh, I lost. And, and he lost because of that freaking lateral kick coming straight out of New Mexico. People do. And jacked up his knee. It's designed to jack up your knee. People will call us. Oh, we should make this 
Now the guy's knee is jacked up. We should make this illegal. I don't think it should be illegal. Yeah, I saw the kick. I had to ran it back and saw the kick. So, <laughs> no, man, no, no. If you're talking, Mr. Ian, if you're talking about that party, no, 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 the cops came. Oh, it was really uncomfortable because somebody in uh, in one of the other rooms complained, you know. I, you know, so they they, they complained. And then they had to come and she had to say, oh, this is my fantasy. And then during that time, a couple of guys got spooked and freaked out and they left and they came back. And then so then it went from like 25 guys to like 18 guys. It was horrible. My friend tells me horrible. Anyway, so he says that lateral kick screwed up my knee. After he put he put uh, Whitaker on his ass the first round, and I think we would have seen more of that as it is, even with the screwed up knee, which he couldn't put any. Was till I'm almost to say he's an Abraham and Stroud. <laughs> no, 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 man. It was my friend. He 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 told me about it in great detail about the chips and the lube and the lube and the chips. You can't you confuse it all. And Fresca. Fresca in the bathroom sink next to rags. What were on the rags? I don't know. Don't want to know. Don't want to know. After the cops came, got to get out. Anyway, and, it, and, and, and well, you know, and we're getting we're off track. So Till said, you know, everybody went. And I agree. We've talked about winning fights and then losing the, the, the on the comeback um, or losing fights and winning on the comeback. And this was a case where Till Whitaker is relevant again. He's got his head back from whatever was whatever he had to go through after the Israel loss. I think I still think he loses that fight again, but whatever. Till gets his head back, shows that he deserves where he is weight wide one eighty five. That's where he needs to be, and he has an excuse built in. He's like, "Look, I fought the guy on a gamey leg, and and the scores were like close." Like, close. So think about And everybody saw that, too. He goes, I'm not saying it's an excuse. It, it might be a reason. I'm not claiming it. I'm just telling you where I was. So everybody comes out of this thing a winner. It is revitalized. And there are a lot of fights and matchups in that division. So you don't feel like anybody's dead. Nobody, you know, I'm sure when Till looks at, uh, uh, yeah, bro. Or if you slip on something on the floor, wash, go to the bathroom and wash your feet in the tub. That, Maybe not the tub. Well, it's, the tub is better than the toilet, but, uh, you know. So, um, so <laughs> no, you don't, man. No, you don't. Not that kind. Well, maybe you do, but it, it was in the same sink with the rags. I don't know. So, um, yeah, he's, he looked a little bit bigger than Robert, and, yeah, he doesn't beat him again. He doesn't beat him again. He's not – I'm sure Whitaker thinks he's back, and he's talking about getting the belt, but that's that was almost misty as fuck. It's like – it's like, man, I, I, I honestly, I know you got to think that way to get up in the morning, but I don't think you're getting that belt back ever, ever really. But whatever, that doesn't make a difference. So, um, I, you know, I, I, the drugs were good last night, unexpectedly. I only had three, three or four cares on the card, but I watched all 15, and I was entertained from beginning to end. Um, and one of the fights that I'm sad that I didn't, um, that I didn't uh, pick was um, uh, 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 the the um, uh, the woman the woman 
Oh, oh my God. Come on, help me out here. Come on. Um, um, no, I'm not talking about a push kick. I'm talking about one of those lateral kicks that the kind of Johnny Boney Joni does. I saw one of those thrown. And I don't know. I mean, that's that's what Till is maybe crediting with hurt, hurt his leg. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that cat. Um, is that her? No, 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 no. She she lost terribly, and that the the uh, the other one, the other other uh, she fought uh, uh, Rodriguez, uh, Mariana Rodriguez. Come on, somebody help me out here! Did you? Uh, 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 not fetch. No, no, the other one, the other one. Not okay. Uh, yes, thank you, Asparza. That was going to drive me mad. Okay, Carla Esparza. And she was infuriating at the end of the, both the first and the second. She tried this janky ankle, either ankle lock or heel hook. And it was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, you know, and uh, I wish I had to pick that one. I wish I had. So going back at, going back in time. So before uh, we, there was a fight that should never have been. I was the first one to talk about the MMAARP or MRAP. And you know what? I was thinking about that in connection to like a Tito or a Chuck or a Randy Couture. I wasn't talking about it by, by Noggin and Shogun. Man, oh man, oh man, a Chevy. Nah, 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 nah. That was, that was, not, that was not good, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was not good. That was not good. So I won't talk about it. I didn't pick it on the care, don't care. I didn't say I cared about it. It was one of it's like when Prince was talking about um, his marriage, and and Prince was saying like, uh, and you know I had a chance to interview Prince and I, I didn't do it. I, I went to Japan instead. I said, ah, I have plenty of time to interview that guy. That was a mistake. But he said uh, they asked him about his marriage and he said uh, I just treat that like I treat other things I don't like. This make believe doesn't exist. And so I'm gonna make believe Shogun and 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 Nog. But for the record, Nog got robbed. But whatever. And then, and then to hear in the post-fight in the post-fight interview to hear Shogun do that crazy talk. You, you know what that was? That was prime Lost Battalion stuff. You know where the Lost Battalion is? No, nobody does. That's the thing. But that was prime Lost Battalion talk. That was prime Lost Battalion talk. No, uh, no, nah, nah, I want I want Kentucky Derby. Your connection is unstable. Please wait while we try reconnecting. While we try reconnecting. Yeah, that shit is misty as fuck. Let me. It's like me saying, you know, I got Kentucky Derby coming up. I got Preakness coming up. You know, I'm. I, hey, man, I, I'm gonna run. I'm. I, I'm gonna be the winningest jockey ever. You know. You know. When the last time I was 120 pounds. I was like 11 years old. It's that crazy. If I started talking, you'd first think I was joking. Oh, turn the, turn the Wi-Fi off on my phone? Yo, you're right. My phone is... I'll turn the phone off. Um, and I see I see you asked me for my address right before I turned the phone off, uh, Mr. Archer. I'll give you my address right now. Everybody can have it. Uh, um, and people could say, you, you don't trust me, use a post box. I go, yeah, I use a post box. 
because I got a I got a drunken male guy who uh, he just kind of like the letters and numbers on a letter are general guides to him. I walked down the street the other day just for fucking to walk with the wife for some fun. The street. There's a sewer. We saw some male sticking out of the sewer like ah, the male guy is throwing down. And she goes, wait a minute. She's got great vision, you know, and she looks down and she's like, this is your male. Two blocks down in the sewer. Nah, so post box is fine. Uh, um, yeah, I, I like to uh, let's keep it sexy, Excel. So, um, so oh, Shogun didn't exist. Didn't exist. I, I like I like the crazy talk. The crazy talk he was doing, but nah, nah. And then I picked uh, on Care Don't Care. I was number one this week. You mean Esparza was robbed? She won the fight. <laughs> but maybe that's a joke. I like it. Um, and so uh, I, I came ahead number one. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I don't mind getting mail. And, and uh, um, I was number one. I care, don't care. Steph was second. John Nash pulled up the stinky third. He was a the little red caboose. It's what they used to call me in elementary school. Well, they, the teacher. Because I was talking so much, I would always finish my work last. Yeah, the picks were I was on I was on fire. But so I picked I picked uh I picked Verdum. Now John Nash doesn't like him because of uh his connection to Kadiroff, who's actually murdering gay people in Chechnya. So we have light motifs in this show and they come back to different things. The gay thing, one of them. So I I, I respect John. I he, John will routinely pick Greg Hardy, the white beater, but who I will not pick or acknowledge his, his existence, except the desire that he get beaten and thrown out of the UFC. Uh, even though, you know, maybe there's a statute of limitations, but that's a key. key. The guy hasn't been punished. He, 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 guy can't make amends for something he hasn't said that, he, that he's responsible. Maybe he didn't do it. I don't know. But the way I feel about him, Nash feels about Kadrioff. And I could, uh, you know, look, Kadrioff has had a freestanding offer to any journalist in the world. He will pay for you to fly there and put you up when you're there if you want to see what, what, what kind of place Chechen is. So... I actually, at one insane point, um, at at a at a same same point, I was imagining that I would actually go and do this, um, and um, but you know, probably probably not. But anyway, the thing is, Verdum was uh, I thought I saw him as having enough pep on his step. I mean, it's a classic thing between a grappler and a striker. I knew that. Uh, it, it always takes a while for a striker, especially like Gustafson, to uh, uh, to wind up. And I knew in that time, you know, that he was not going to – he could fight a takedown. BJJ guy's not strong in a takedown. But you don't have to be strong in a takedown. You just got to get your hand on the guy. And that's what Verdun did. He got his hands on him, and that was all she wanted. That was all she wrote. Yeah, some other people, uh, Nash and Steph denied it on the care don't care thing because we review the fights as well as looking forward to the new fights um so um uh, we he, um he he said uh one of the uh, like I, the show is kind of starting to pile up in my head um what did he say oh, oh okay so verdum was on the last fight of his contract right and supposedly the rumor was that because of the USADA screw up, that he was he was uh, bitter about that and he was leaving. I, I I don't know, 
Gustafson, I knew, couldn't start fast enough before Verdum got his hands on him. And it was a textbook, really slick uh, arm bar. And it was, if you know anything about grappling, once he started, when he was, when he was fa uh, face down with his knee on it and his knees were pinched tight, I was like, it's over, man. It's over. It's code red. And Gustafson was hoping something would happen to get him out. So where is he now? So, well, John said, well, you know, there's still good matchups to make for him in heavyweight. You know, heavyweight is anybody's game. You know, I'd like to see Gus. Yeah, you'd like to see Gus. But where would Gus like to see Gus? Gus would like to see Gus against his fucking scrambled eggs in Stockholm. I don't think Gus likes to see Gus in the cage again ever because losing is a drag. And that moment where he was like the winning guy, that moment is done. That moment is done, 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 done. So the question is, can you hang around being the done guy? You know? Can you hang around being the done guy? Some people can't. If you have a dead-end job, you realize you can. You can go to work every day. Every day. Being, being the done guy, perfectly good way to live. I would rather be the done guy than the finished guy. And there's a small difference, if you know what I mean. So, so um, <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, man. Hey, as long as those checks are coming, everybody's happy. And then, so what were some of the other fights on the card? Oh, there was a fight with uh, uh, Trinaldo which is where, let's see, where people were giving her bean shit and Dan Hardy, who's a friend of Knuckle Up, flipped out. Yeah, Gus is, yep, yep. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think, I, I think that Till's head is still with him because he's young and he's got, he's got a certain amount of, he's displayed a certain amount of insight. So I'm seeing, I'm seeing Till around at least another 10 years. Um, and, and he can still keep kind of messing around with weight classes and he's got an excuse and he's got the surgery. He could end up being an always something guy. And the key about, oh, an always something guy is we're talking about a quality of self-deception. You know, it's like those friends that you might have where always, they always got that. It's like, oh man, you know that thing. And it's, oh yeah, no. And I can't, I can't even really listen to them with a straight face. Cause it's like it's always something. It's always something. So, oh man, you won't believe what happened. Oh yes, I would. Well, I left my car keys in the the and the thing. I was like, oh man, just <laughs> stop. Yeah, Till versus Perry, that'd be a great fight. I go. I mean, they're as long as you've got a future of entertaining matchups, and you, and if you're a fighter, the the oopsie is leading you down this path, and the path they're leading you down is like. Who would you like to be matched up with next? Who would you like to be matched up with next? And so you could actually publicly chart your future progress. And some of the guys did that in a really clever way. That cat with the <laughs> that cat who I now love, Zemziev or what I, you know who I'm talking about, with a really super dyed black beard who, who, who fought 10 days ago and now is fight again and will fight again a third time in August. At the August 15th show. <laughs> uh, I mean, um, that guy was great. And I, I saw him at his fight a few weeks ago. Yeah, that guy, he's in big care now. I can't remember his name. I'll remember if it comes up again. 
But he was. They say, "Who do you want to fight?" And he's kind of smiling. He's, you know, I fight. You know, it's like a Tuco and Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I go in there, I kill them all. <laughs> I, yeah, you can be. I think one fight, I think one fight. You know, always that the Marx Brothers. You pay me a little bit of money, I'm a little bit tough. You know, you pay me a lot of money, I'm a lot tough. Well, I play. I'll play. I'll pay plenty. Well, then I'm plenty tough. Uh, and that that guy was uh, not Tana Bosa was great too. Um, and so and again, another heavyweight guy that you know might make sense. But you know what? You you're happy when you see Tanner Bosa. Not just that he won, but I guarantee you, when he loses, he'll do so in style. But that's not the way you feel if if Gus had won that fight. You still wouldn't have felt happy. You know why? Because Gus wouldn't have been happy. Yeah, Gus wouldn't have been happy. And those are the people, these are the people that, you know, I, I've, I've talked about this before. I framed, uh, I dated this woman in college and a friend of mine said, you know, she, you know what she's like? She's going to be vaguely dissatisfied about something or other for the rest of her life. And he was sort of right. I told her that. And she was like, no, that's not true. And it made her super conscious, self-conscious about being, but, so that's ended what ends up what happened. Gus would have won that fight, and we would have had the same stinking sensation like we got some bunk drugs, like we were burned for drugs. But that cat with the beard who won in like <laughs> and then there was another one, the bear Jew, who another great guy, another another don't care who moved to a care. Oh, and tell me about Trinaldo. I was afraid to pick Trinaldo. So I said I don't care about the fight because he's been kind of gicky. Uh, but I love this. And everybody's given – thank you for getting me back to giving Herb Dean. We've, we've seen some bad stoppages in the last month. Of the be- – yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Comes up. Uh-huh. Um, yep. And, and, so, and so we've seen some bad stoppages in the last month. Uh, the Herb Dean one was – the least of the bad ones that we've seen. He knocks the kid out, and it was a glorious day for old dudes everywhere. Knocks the kid out and was about to walk off, and Herb runs over. And Herb, you know, the thing is, I don't know if you've been watching this game long enough. I've seen people from a flash knockout. So we're talking like this. For those just listening on the radio, I'm, I'm mimicking somebody getting punched. Boom, he's knocked out. Unconscious, falls. And as his head hits the mat, it wakes him up and the guy comes back. I have seen that with my own eyes, with my own eyes. So Herb Dean was right there and Trinaldo was like, okay, well, bro, shit. Oh, and he gives him a couple of patty cake shots and then Herb Dean weighs it off. And Dan Hardy is losing his mind. I don't think Dan Hardy was so much focused on Herb Dean, but I think it was the accumulation of four weeks of three other bad ones where he was like, that's it. That's it. I, you know, I, I, I've had it. And he flipped out. Yeah, And as a commentator, John Nash said it best. As a commentator, I don't mind him commentating on the fact that he thought it was a shit stoppage. But I don't want to see him screaming at Herb Dean from, from his desk. I think Herb Dean said, or I heard somebody say, you do your job, I'll do mine. Get the fuck out of here screaming at me. You know, wait till I officiate your fight next time, wise guy. Hardy's talking about coming back. I don't want to speak harshly about uh, uh, Hardy because he's a friend to knuckle up. 
Herb Dean is a known associate. Known associates here. Friend of Knuckle Up is here. So, Dolby, yeah, 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 yeah. And there was a guy who beat uh, a Gundy. Uh, Gundy or Grundy? Uh, there were there are some real. There were there were at least three cats: uh, a bear Jew, uh, a Kamzazat, and in uh, 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 the third person, who um, the other Russian cat who moved into the undefeated guy um, who uh, moved from don't care to cares. But the names start to all blend together. And believe me, I used to do that when they, in the old days when you could rent videos. They say, oh, this is a, it's a two for one. It's a two for one Saturday or two for one Friday. You get one, he goes, but you got to bring it back on Sunday. So I got like 16 movies. I'm checking them out. And the guy was like, hey, man, you do realize you got to bring these back on Monday. I go, yeah. He goes, the only way you can watch all these is if you don't sleep. I go, and? Took him back. And my girlfriend at the time was like, ah, you know, I got to, I got to. Yeah, well, he's from the UK. That's the thing that was amazing about Gundy or Grundy, whatever the guy is. They don't have wrestling. Ringen you have in Germany, but they don't have high school wrestling in the UK, even though Wigan outside of Liverpool is where catch wrestling kind of got its start. You don't really, it's not something that you could do. So the fact that Gundy is that good was pretty, it's pretty amazing. And he lost that fight fair and square, whatever. So, um, uh, so that guy's like, you got, you know, so I take him home. My girlfriend at the time was like, I can't, I'm too tired. And then I realized what that does to you. Took him back on Monday. The guy goes, you enjoy yourself? I go, I certainly did. Girlfriend who slept through at least half of them was like, how are the movies? I said, well, it was like a, like a, like a mega movie. <laughs> it was like a movie about everything. <laughs> One storyline started to flow into another storyline. This is what happens. This is what happens when you watch 16 movies in a row. When you watch 15 fights in a row, you start to forget. Yeah, Hardy was awesome back in the day, and but you know, the ground game. And he's talking about doing a comeback, and he's a friend of Knuckle Up, so I want to be kind. But that's a little bit. Um, it's like I, you know, I know guys who are in music, right? And guys are like, hey, 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 hey Eugene, uh, man, I think I think I'm gonna want to put the band back together. And I've had guys who I used to make music with, like, hey man, we should get together and jam a little bit. And I was like, bro. You left. I never left. You know what that means? That means you're a rank amateur and I'm a professional. I don't want to be a prick about this, but that's really what it means. And I have to tell you, for, the, uh, for those of you who give a shit about music, uh, the music business and recording and production, if you look at that photograph that I tweeted out of me in the studio, you look at the, look at the uh, look at how uh, Joe Ciccarelli, Grammy-winning Joe Ciccarelli, <laughs> set up those mics. I had a mic here and a mic here. Super expensive. This is a daily workhorse, and this is another one. He's done this before. Got a baffle here. No, no back, no backdrop, and it got me in front of that wall. The sound that I heard, and I used to I used to rock the ultrasound headset. Like the Egyptian leather, you know, elephant leather, leather, the crazy expensive ones that the CEO gave me free when I was an editor in chief of EQ. I used to rock those in the studio. These were just some off market Sony brands I had. But I heard my voice in this headset. Like I've never heard my voice in my entire life. Which is to say, 
like I've never heard my voice just now from here. And fundamentally, what that allows you to do is sing like real, like the emotional coloration and tonage that I got was, I could hear myself in a way that I'm not even hearing myself now. I don't know how I got down that road, but somebody reminded me that I did want to talk about Tyson and Jones. Everybody, people were texting me like crazy about Tyson and Jones, even people I work with, like Eugene, you got to get on this. We got to do, we got to do something. We got to do a piece. I go, what are you, are you out of your minds? Are you crazy? You do realize how, what is it? How desperate are people now that they need to buoy their sense of self in place and involvement in the community of others that they have to believe that this is a real fight? It's an exhibition match. It's an exhibition match. It's, in other words, it's a sparring session dialed up a bit. You go, oh, Mike Tyson's making a comeback at the age of 55 or however old he is. Comeback. Guys at home and he's going to get a load of jack. They were going to give him 20 mil to fight bare knuckle fight. To fight a bare knuckle fight. When he retired, he was about 20 mil in debt. He's figured out ways to get himself out of debt because Mike Tyson is an enterprise. He didn't have to go to find people to help him do this. People came to him. Mike Tyson is not, it's not, it's not like I'm broke, got to work a job. That's broke. That's broke. So eh, he's not that kind of broke. But they offer him 20 mil, I would say he would take, but this exhibition match, I'm pretty sure is paying him at least 20 mil. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, you know what? You know, Mr. Ian, that, that might make you sad. You know what's not going to make you sad? Well, it'll make you sad for different reasons when you find out how much those cats are getting paid. When you find out how much those cats are getting paid, I guarantee you, you'll be sad. You know what? It's, it's a charity match. So they're giving the money away? Uh, well, you know, that makes me sad now, too. Now I'm sad now, too. It's like Gustafson came with the, 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 the fairy of sadness, the bluebird of misery flew into my life just now, giving the money away. Logan Paul's making money. I don't even know who Logan Paul is. Everybody talks to me about Logan Paul. And, and then I did, I did tweet out something that he said when he was talking about, he said something that was pretty insightful about the, uh, uh, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, and that's the thing. When I look at it, when I look at it in terms of you got to eat, then it all, ah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine. You know, the terrible things. Is he a piece of garbage? I wonder. The terrible things I've done for money, listen, don't even start. Don't even start with me. So, uh, um, <laughs> so, um, that I'll save that for the memoir and the Statue of Limitations. So, so, um, yeah, and, and so, so I, think, I think if you want to focus on something, the, look, we talked on Care Don't Care about the Derek Brunson, uh, guy, Shabazian, um, and I think Shabazian is a real deal. But what's exciting about this fight, and that's only, I think I only, I think that four fight, four cares in that fight this coming, this next weekend, is that I think we're going to see Brunson fight knowing that he's being asked to hold something for somebody else. And what he's being asked to hold for Shabazian is the door. (laughs) 
Could you hold the door open for this undefeated young prospect who is now being coached by Tara Vavarivardian and is being managed by Honda Housey? That's the only thing that gives me that. Yeah, that's the only thing that gives me pause. Not so much being managed by Honda, because who knows? Maybe she's got skills in that area. I don't know. But being 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 coached by the guy who told Honda that she could do some stand up that that disturbs me. But you know, if a guy doesn't believe he's ready to be a gatekeeper, he fights like a different kind of guy. So we might actually see some action with this fight where Brunson wants to do what I most want Brunson to do. I didn't pick Brunson to win the fight, but I most would appreciate Brunson shitting in the middle of everybody's party cake. That would be great. And that's his job. That's what he's there to do. That's what he's there to do. Shit on, the, on, on Shabazzian's birthday cake. So that fight, that fight's coming up. But that's not the big fight. The big fight that I care about the big fight that everybody cares about, the big fight that's got King Lyrian proportion written all over it is, of course, Stipe in D.C. And I had a momentary panic with a, a D.C. Somebody texted me. One of you texted me. Uh, I was on the toilet. Oh, Eugene, oh, my God, H- Javier is dead. And I'm like, oh, I don't need this, man. I don't need this negativity in my life. Oh, man, Javier. You know, I, mean, I used to train with Javier Mendez when he was, you know, kickboxing champion, like when he was thin. And so I know he's gotten a little heavy, and COVID's taking down people who are heavy, and I'm like, oh, man, and I don't want to contact the guy and say, text him and say, are you dead? You know, his wife has got his phone, and he's like, yeah, my husband's dead. I, you know. So I start asking around a few people, and then I find out that uh, from somebody from COVID's camp from Bellator, find out that, uh, actually, no, it was Sorrell who told me. That, uh, that it wasn't Javier Mendez, but the other Javier at AKA, the boxing coach. And I was like, oh, okay. And apparently he didn't die from COVID. He had cancer, and so he's gone. I loved, Every time I was training at AKA, the guy was always making fun of me. He was like, hey, Don King showed up. <laughs> so, however, yeah, however, this is, like I said, King Lyrian proportion, the Stipe thing. And, and I haven't made my, uh, my pick yet. I haven't made my pick yet, but I'm, I'm close. And I'm trending right now. I'm trending towards Stipe. I'm trending towards Stipe. Be- why? For a couple of reasons. Because that is the biggest shit in the middle of the party cake move. He's been at, at loggerheads with the oopsie for a while. He's the guy. He's not played along. He hasn't done. He's got the belt not quitting the job as a fireman, which is probably kind of a black eye for the organization. And he just wasn't, wasn't playing a game against DC. who's the ultimate company guy. And is looking to slide into whatever post-retirement plans the bald one has, you know, and you gotta know, <laughs> you gotta know that what's going to happen is Johnny Boney, you know, he, he, he came in the game a champ champ and now he's got nothing. Oh, yo, that's a bold move. That's a bold move. Uh, that's a Vegas pick'em, Archer. That's a Vegas pick'em. Injury stops the fight. I haven't heard. I have spies at AKA. I haven't heard that that's, that anything happens. But we still got some time before the fifteenth, which is incidentally the day that my kid is due. So uh, I, I may have to miss this one. I, my balls are not big enough to to try to get the room, the TV in the delivery room to do the oopsie. That, 
Yeah, yeah, he's kind of gifty. He's kind of gifty. Uh, but I, I, I think I did pick against. I did when he lost to DC. I think I did pick DC that fight. Um, but you know, he DC said he didn't take it seriously. He had a lot of excuses, but you know, I, I'm I'm seeing a Liddell thing happening with Stipe. And I said, if he could, and he's got his wrestling is good enough, not great, but if he could stay off of being beaten up, I think he could, he could clip him coming in. But like I said, I haven't made up my mind, but right, and I don't do it until care don't care, which is where I make my picks. But right now, at this point in time, Sunday, July 26th, it's trending towards Stipe because that's the biggest shit in the cake move. It's the big, it's the it's the biggest one. I can't I can't imagine. Uh, a, a bigger one, honest to God. Uh, whereas if DC wins, he retires. He retires as the champ. He puts all the nastiness behind him, and he comes back to commentating, which he's very good at. And when the bald one is ready to retire, slides on in there. Why not? The guys, he's coaching Gilroy Wrestling, and I, I've not heard any bad things about the guy. Not heard. He, he is also a friend of Knuckle up. He is a friend of, of Vogue Men's because I interviewed him for Vogue Men's. What, what am I hearing yowling? It's cat yowling. Anyway, the show's over. So, um, yeah, Joe, Johnny Boy Joni is going to be there ringside for sure. Because if somebody doesn't make the joke from champ champ to loser loser, uh, LL Cool J, something, you know. LLDC, I don't know. Somebody, there's some, there's some play there. There's some play. I don't know what it is. Anyway, uh, where are we now? Monday afternoon, Monday around noon, Care Don't Care preview goes in with me uh, chortling. Chortling about being number one. And, you know, I'm a sore loser, but I'm an even worse winner. So you get to, that's on the full display on Care Don't Care, which is Monday. Tuesday, it's If the Shoes Fit. John Nash is, 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 you know, if you haven't figured it out now, John Nash and Kid Nate swap. So it's Nash's week on uh, 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 If the Shoes Fit. The, this week, all my articles, as usual, from Ozzy will be tweeted out. But at Eugene S. Robinson, I would venture to guess that all of you probably already know that. And sometimes I rerun them under, you know, in case you missed it, like the Nazi piece. Uh, the killer robot piece. These are some of my more recent pieces that, that I've been excited about. Yo, no, you think a sore winner, a sore loser is bad. Nothing like a sore, sore, a sore winner. Yeah, oh, Jesus Christ, that's tough. And it, it, people don't, you know what it does? It makes people really not want to lose. And we got that at Sorrell Academy, right? I got it. I figured it out. It's a science. I got an uh, uh, ironclad. If you lose, um, you're a loser. And if you win, you're a sandbagger. <laughs> That's it. Can't have anybody, can't give anybody even shake. Ah, so you lost. Ah, you loser. Oh, no, man. You won your division, the ultimate. All right, cool. Sandbagging prick. <laughs> you can't, can't let you. Anyway, this is round number a one, a two, a four. Uh, four. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. The penis poster uh, debates, the votes came in. Not a single person complained and wanted it removed. 
Thanks for listening. Try not to die between now and next Sunday. We will see you then. Check uh, at Eugene S. Robinson on the Twitter machine. <laughs> that is right. I am banned. I am banned from white belts. I am banned. <laughs> ah, they won't let I am and they won't let me roll with like the number there's a whole like Eugene Robinson don't fly list of people I can't like I can't roll with women, you know, I can't roll with like teenagers, I can't roll a guy it keeps me away from guys my own age, can't roll with white belts, I can't roll with half the blue belts. And so and what he does is routinely when non COVID time, Sorrell puts me against guys that are like 250 pounds are strong or stronger than God or both. So I'll get Big Vince, who's like 320. I'll get, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Alex, Alex, the, the, uh, the Romanian, who is like 270. And he's a blue belt, but hey, man, he's 270. And I get Andre, the crazy Ukrainian. He says he's only 215, Mr. Uh, uh, Kettlebell guy. But he's a strong, also the strongest guy in the gym. It's like 32. And, and then Sorrell. So I get those three and then Sorrell. Thanks for coming. There's a room at some of those white belts who think they're doing pretty good. I'm like, hey, uh, maybe. Uh, or I'd like the, the 61-year-old woman who trains. Maybe. Uh, oh, uh, nah, nah, nah. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, we made it to the end. Nobody died. <laughs> uh, maybe DMX got his feelings hurt. I don't know. Uh, tell your friends about it. Um, Again, I'll let you know. Well, we'll tell you next week. How's that for a cliffhanger? Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. Look what you made me do! Ah!